Alright. Hello, everyone. I'm Tanner Nelson. Joey McCullough. Mackenzie Gloss. And welcome to Noetica. I want to know why people like music, because music is everywhere. It's all cultures. It's through since like the beginning of time, everyone listens to music, you know. And especially lately, music has become a lot bigger. It's just part of culture at this point. I think honestly, music has always sort of been like that. But now that we're getting around the age where our brains are finally fully maturing, I think it's becoming more a part of our lives plus, because of that. Yeah, plus we have like the internet and instantaneous yeah. data transfer, so music can be spread yeah. a That's lot easier. Say, yeah. spread. But yeah. I think it's, it's almost something like hardwired into our brains because there's no one person who like doesn't like music. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just people that like different types of music and it's always been a thing there's like war music there's like I mean dating like far far back like tribal chants things like that where it's just it seems like it's always been like a part of life and I think that's really interesting that's a perfect segue to what I actually wanted to start with so you know babies as young as three to four months can recognize beats and patterns and then they will start moving to match the beats um, and the idea is that their circadian rhythms are going through like entrainment you know where they're getting used to a 24-hour cycle because they're used to a 26 from being inside the womb um, and so they're using the beat of the music to sync up their circadian rhythm and fix their time perception um, so like, since you have an internal clock, you're hardwired to mark time. And so when you have a song, it marks the time for you, and your brain doesn't have to do that work anymore, you know? Really? Yeah. That's, that's actually super interesting. So, so, like, if you play more, like, up-tempo songs, does that have a different effect versus, like, playing slower songs around, like, a developing brain? Yeah, actually... Um, up-tempo songs can increase your perception of time so which sounds like you'd remember things as going faster than they were but in practice because you're having a faster perception of time you're taking more snapshots of what's going on so the memory is actually going to end up being significantly longer than having a really slow song because you're, again your brain syncs with the beat of the song um, so is this like a sort of like a nature versus nurture thing for like time? So is, is this like all like uh, nurture or? There's a little bit of both because uh -huh. everyone has a circadian rhythm. But they have found in studies that people who grow up in houses where there's a lot of music tend to enjoy music more, which I know it sounds intuitive, but 
it's actually it's pretty interesting because mm-hmm. like it's it's sort of that thing where you're born with liking music or where you grow up to like music. It's yeah. interesting that it's proven to be much more or ingrained. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a lot more ingrained, which is very interesting. So you, you've just been talking about circadian rhythm. So is this just sleep schedule or just general like perception of time? It's mostly perception of time. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a song in ooh, when was it? We gotta get someone like. Have you guys watched Joe Rogan? He has someone on the side where he just like tells them to look stuff up. Can that be me? Yeah, it puts stuff up on like a projector. All right, so it was November of 2016. Uh, this was like a big deal. It was on news. It was on the radio. They talked about it all the time. Uh, Marconi Union came out with the song "Weightless," which was supposed to be scientifically proven to make you drowsy. Wow. Um, and, I mean, we can play it in the background here, I think. Just a clip, because copyright, it, it's, copyright it's, it's issues. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be copyrighted. But that's really cool, because it's like, it opens, I think, sort of the door into opportunities for other, uh, I don't know how to say it, emotions that you can feel while listening to music. Obviously, whenever you listen to a sad song, you feel more sad and things like that. Yeah. But if for a song to, like, scientifically make you drowsy i mean that's interesting i feel like that opens up uh, a whole new sort of dimension to music where and and this is why like things like uh subjective messages are so like interesting but also scary that that someone could have like this sort of power over your own actions yeah in something like music or but in this case in this case it was a lot of a safer thing yeah Um, yeah and that's obviously banned by government yeah they weren't permitted to play this on the radio because they were worried about it causing car accidents yeah but the way it actually works is it's meant to induce biosynchronity which is where your biological rhythms will match the song that's playing so it's a really slow tempo uh song so it's meant to make your breathing and your heart rate all slow down Mm -hmm. and so then you get drowsy because everything's kind of slowing down and shutting down um i do kind of want to hear it now that you're talking about it but (laughs) i will definitely fall asleep in my next class if i do (laughs) you're gonna fall asleep anyway yeah probably all music technically has this effect so up-tempo music is going to bring your heart rate up and i mean i'm sure you've all experienced this when there's like a peppy song you kind of wake up I, a bit i play yeah. peppy songs in the morning to get me out of bed yeah exactly it's a good idea actually i play like disney songs and stuff yeah there's another part of that though the reward system so in addition to the biosynchronity waking you up the reward system also wakes you up so the reward system i mean it's talked about a lot but essentially it's just dopamine being released in your brain when something good happens or something that your brain wants that's how addictions are formed because uh like uh What's it called? What's the addiction, addictive chemical in tobacco? Nicotine. Oh yeah, nicotine triggers the release of dopamine in your brain, and so that's why you get addicted to it. Um, and there are really similar reactions when it comes to music. So music initiates your reward program systems. That music initiates your reward systems, no matter what it is, um, because there's two different things that can happen so 
the reward comes from what's called musical anticipation. And musical anticipation is your brain's uh, your brain is built to build, fill in patterns, you know? Like the blind spot in your eye, it just fills it in. It just does whatever it can to complete the picture, even if you don't have all of it. So when you're listening to music, your brain's gonna make predictions as to what's gonna come next. And if your brain is right, and it does what your brain thinks is gonna happen, then it triggers a reward, because you got it right, and that's awesome. But if it differs from what you expected, then it starts the surprise cycle. Um, the surprise cycle has four steps, um, and it's it goes freeze, find, shift, and share. So the freeze one is where you stop and you think about what the surprise was, what you expected it to be, and how it differed. And then find is, again, a continuation of that, um, where you look for what specifically defied your expectations. And then shift, you adjust your expectations for the future to match what you learned. And then share is you want to tell other people about that so they can fill in that pattern themselves later on. And the second, third, and fourth stages all trigger the reward system. Um, so no matter what, whether the music does what you expect it to or doesn't, it triggers the reward system and causes an addiction like reaction. But what if you don't like the music? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, because I've seen people almost like, it seems like they force themselves not to like music, and I feel like, I don't know, like I, I've never seen that almost happen with other things that release dopamine in the way that you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've seen people listen to music and be like, oh no, that's not good, that's not good. Whenever, even if they really think it is good, just to like say it's not good. But what if you like genuinely don't like a song? Like, what if you're like, what if you like listening to rap music and you don't like listening to classical music because you don't think it sounds that like good and you don't get that like reward system in your brain or whatever? Like, does that happen? Yes, if that you does don't happen. Like listening to classical music yourself. No, because that's again that that comes down to the nurture part of it and neural pathways. So in your brain. Everything's connected with neurons, and the neural pathways are formed when you're a little kid, you know, things are connected, and they can grow, they can die, they can strengthen, you know, and when you listen to the same kind of music a lot, then the pathway that connects that part of your music perception to your reward system gets really strong. But then if you try to listen to something else, the connection has pretty much dissolved because you haven't listened to it, so it doesn't really trigger the reward system. Now, if you listened to it, classical music, like in that example, if you listen to classical music a bunch, then eventually you'll learn to start enjoying it. Because then the neural pathway will connect and then it'll reward faster. Four minutes. Yeah. Um, there was a study that was done uh, with the reward system and music, and it was it's fascinating, in my opinion. Um, there's a drug that's intended to um, help with addiction recovery uh, it's naltrexone and it essentially cancels out the reward system in your brain and when people were put on naltrexone they didn't like music anymore like they put they had two groups 
they gave one of them all naltrexone and then had them listen to music and then they did the control group where they just had normal people listen to music and the naltrexone group just stopped listening to music because they they didn't like it would that apply for a lot of things other than music though like anything that triggers yeah that? yeah but it does show like the connection between the reward system and the so anything music. that activates your reward system would just be canceled out completely pretty much yeah that's why it's used oh, as addiction recovery that's so sad i mean addiction recovery is hard it is um but that leads kind of into another thing five percent of people in the study just didn't like music at all no matter what so in the control group and the naltrexone group they just didn't okay. like music oh, i don't okay so um when we were recording this the first time uh i made a mistake and i confused uh anhedonia and aphantasia so we're going to be we're just going back a bit and rediscussing musical anhedonia so that we can fix things um so musical anhedonia is the inability to derive pleasure from music at least that's the dictionary definition um normal anhedonia is uh just the inability to derive pleasure from anything and uh there are a lot of different types and obviously musical is one of them what studies have found is in those people um there's no connection between the auditory system and the reward system so for them music is just sound you know it's like any other noise and that's rare you said that's five percent of people so it's not super rare but it is still not it's not super common yeah that's crazy because music is such a big industry it is i guess i guess five percent but still do you think that's because like they grew up without music like their parents took it away from them or something it could be um because that would definitely inhibit like the development of the neural pathways between the auditory system and the uh, reward system but it also could be a genetic thing we're not 100% sure because we haven't studied it extensively but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna skip right to it okay so when you listen to music, I talked about this earlier, like really early on in the episode, how it plays with like your perception of time and your memory. But there's an interesting aspect of that where music will like link to memories that you have. So that's another reason that you might like a song because when you're listening to a song and something happens, then it links that memory to that song. So when you hear that song later, it brings up that memory. So if a good thing happens while you're listening to a song, then you're more likely to enjoy it later down on the line. If something bad happens while you're listening to a song, then you're less likely to like it down the line. But that's actually really interesting, because yesterday I was just listening to uh, uh, Moonlight Sonata, and I remember whenever I was like messing around on my, one of my keyboards that I had, and it was like one of the ones where you don't actually have to play the notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just press buttons yeah. and then it sort of plays a song. Like you press a key and it'll play the right key even if you didn't press the right key. And I was learning how to play that song. And like, it was literally like, it, it was so like vivid. Like I could, I could imagine myself sitting at the keyboard, like playing it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Even though that was like, I don't even know how many years ago. So it, I mean, that's interesting that you brought that up because that literally like just happened to me. 
And it, I mean, it was like, I don't know. It, it really made me think. Like, it was kind of like almost emotional. Because I was like, wow, I used to be that young, and now I'm like this old. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I don't know. A music just sort of has that kind of power. Uh-huh. Well, music can also play with your emotions, that's for sure. That's one of the... That's like the last reason we have for why people like music. Um, because when you're listening to music, you tend to experience emotional mimicry where your emotions match that of the song. So, well, you can... When you're sad, you can listen to sad music and it'll make you sadder, but you can also listen to happy music and it'll balance it out. So one of the reasons that people like music is because it can balance out your emotions, you know? When you're super stressed, then you can listen to something that'll calm you down. Um, and that's just convenient, you know? Yeah, I don't know if this is just like a personal thing, but I feel like almost whenever I'm not sad, but sort of like in the doms, I, I find it almost like annoying to listen to happy music. And yeah. I don't know if that's almost a personal thing or what, but it's just like whenever the music doesn't match my emotions, it just feels like I shouldn't be listening or like I don't want to listen to that right now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, the mimicry plays a role in that because you're going to want to do something. I mean, you're built for efficiency, so whatever takes the least amount of effort, so if your brain's gonna mimic the emotion, then it's gonna want to do something that it's already feeling so it doesn't have to do anything, yeah. you know? And I guess you have to want to feel better in order to feel better. Yeah. If you're just like down in the dumps and you don't really want to cheer up, then obviously you're not going to want to listen to a happy song. Yeah. So, okay, so okay, so to recap, music activates our reward systems. It uh, can either meet or defy our expectations for what's going to occur because our brains are naturally pattern-filling. And if it doesn't follow what we expected, then it activates the surprise cycle, which in turn also activates the reward system. Um, we also like music because it regulates our... Uh, like involuntary bodily functions like your heart rate and your breathing. Uh, it matches your circadian rhythm and helps you keep track of time without having to put the effort in. Um, it associates with memories and it helps regulate mood. So all of those together kind of come together in one big thing and make people like music. We'd like to thank uh, Dr. Susan Rogers, who's a professor at the Berklee College of Music, um, and Dr. Teresa Nakra at the College of New Jersey, who's a professor of music design and creative technology, um, for their help in getting all the information we needed for this episode. So thank you guys very much.